welcome back to Marriage Sensation. We're a marriage ministry located out of our church, New Life at Calvary on East 79th and Euclid Avenue in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm Walter Glenn. And I'm Katie Glenn. And we're delighted to have you with us today. We're going to talk today about the effect that children have on marriage. Now, whether you're uh, in your 20s or you're 60 years old and you have a one-year-old or you've got a 40-year-old, children have an effect on your marriage. So we're going to go, go kind of go through the years, hopefully, and give you some of our experience with our children because we know that children are a blessing from God. That's what the scriptures tell us. But marriage is also a blessing, and he that finds a wife finds a good thing. So we're going to look at, we're going to kind of examine this topic. And Katie, I know you wanted to start out with basically even before you have children. So would you start us off there, sweetheart? Okay. Before you get married, you usually have marriage counseling. Mm -hmm. And talking about children is, should be part of that counseling. You decide how many children you want and when you want to have them. And that's a whole process, a, a very good discussion that you need to have. Because once you get married, it's usually maybe a year or two or three years before you start having children. That's the time when the two of you are together. It's just the two of us. Mm -hmm. It's just the two of us. And we're traveling. We're doing a lot of things together. We're working at our jobs, hopefully working towards promotions or just working our jobs. And uh, we're not, at that point, thinking about children. But then when they start to come, that completely changes everything. There's so many new things that you have to think about. Yeah, I think as a new mom, you were kind of uh, overwhelmed, uh, you know, in the beginning. You know, you have this tiny baby, and it's it comes home from the hospital, and it's your responsibility. And so, uh, tell us what you were feeling then, and, and how you processed that. It, it was very scary. I mean, I had nieces and nephews before, so I basically knew how to take care of a baby, but it was still so exciting and so scary because this was someone that you had to take care of. 24-7 24-7. You had to make sure this baby was okay and make sure you know they're breathing at night and oh it could be just nerve-wracking where you're not sleeping, you're tired all the time and uh, your uh, husband you know he's tired as well and he's working and because that was awful a little while before I went I, when I had the children than going back to work. But it's a big change in your life. So what happens to each other during that process, that, that early process? What, yeah. happened, what happened to us? As, uh, well, with us, we had a, a bit of a difficult time because my focus was just on that baby to make sure the baby was okay. And I remember a friend from college telling me, she was the first one in our group to have a baby, and she gave us all the advice that don't forget about your husband because he's a big part of this whole situation that happened. But don't forget about it because it's easy to do because you're just so laser focused on the baby. And that's when we ran into a little difficulty. Yeah, it was a little, it was a little stressful and it's mm -hmm. hard to go from being number one to number two. And, uh, you know, and uh, it, it, it just, uh, you know, there, there's a feeling like, wow, boys, things have shifted quite a bit here. Right. And uh, we had to sort of re-examine our priorities and reprioritize some things. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Now, as the kids start aging up, you know, they're they're two to five, they start hitting uh, daycare, that's a whole nother adventure. Right, uh, you have to worry about daycare, where you're going to send them. We were blessed to have a family member who was able to watch our children, but a lot of people don't have that. Mm -hmm. And so that was so important that we had to readjust our schedules to make that, even that position work, you know. But we were able to do it. It's so good to have help, have backup, have assistance from your family or, you know, someone very close to you or someone that you trust with your children. Yeah, your support system becomes right. critical. And uh, right. grandma, grandpa, right. you know, aunties, uh, they, mm -hmm. they all become sisters, brothers. They right. become really, really important, especially... Uh, now, we had a little policy that we developed, and hopefully it'll be helpful for you guys out there that have young children. Um, both of us had very active jobs, and uh, we valued each other's jobs. So what would happen is when one of the children would get sick, and we had you know multiple children at that, point, at that stage, when one child got sick, she would take off. Then the next time I would take off so that nobody was overburdened with, okay, you have all this absenteeism on your record or, right. you know, oh, you know, you're always off for your child being sick. And, you know, children get sick quite a bit when you have multiple kids and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're in, you know, other, other environments where they can get sick like daycare, places like that. So we had that rotating uh, sort of system where right. nobody was uh, taken off all the time, right. we split it down the middle. Now, for some jobs, some people might not be able to do that, but that was our that was our way of doing it. And then, as they get older, you know, you're still working with the the same situation where you have to have somebody watch them or take care of them when you're at work. Or you know, we had to make those arrangements. So you sometimes you have to just rearrange your your life. And, and sacrifice some things in order to make sure your children are taken care of. Okay, now the children are in middle school and they're starting to hit the activity stage. Uh, okay. They're starting to hit uh, play practice, basketball practice, volleyball. They're starting to play sports. They're starting to uh, oh, I want to do I want to do uh, ice skating. I want to do uh, some theater stuff. I want to do some ballet. Just a, ballet. Just a lot of different a lot of different things. things. So you're running around. You're moving. Uh, and what we're saying there is we must continue to focus on our own individual marriages. Uh, now, uh, we've noticed a phenomenon. Sometimes and we found ourselves in this kind of situation, our, you know, personally. Uh, we would go out to dinner during that stage, and we're out at dinner, and we're eating, and guess what we were talking about? <laughs> The kids. The kids. Every conversation centered around the kids, what they were doing, what was happening, what their challenges were, what our challenges were with the kids, what's going on with them, who their friends were, right. uh, should they get a cell phone. Uh, yeah, it was just so much, you know. And it's like we didn't take the time, and that was a mistake on our part, not to talk about each other right. and our, cultivate. Our, our views, our goals, our dreams, you know. Yeah. You have to remember to, to talk about that between the two of you and not the kids. Well, and, <laughs> and even if you do talk about the kids, the majority of the conversation should be about each other. You know, mm -hmm. what, what's going on with our marriage right now? Because right. we have to keep that marriage alive. Now, I do math a little bit. And, I, and, and if you do math, uh, I'm going to go through some simple math stuff real quick here. 
let's say you get married at 26. Let's say that's, that's the average age. That's not the average age of a person getting married. But if you get married at 26 and you have your first child at 27, and that child is with you until they're 21. So 27 and 21 is 48. You're 48 years old by the time your first child is fully grown. Uh, then if you have subsequent children, two years later, two years after that, you're in your 50s by the time those, the, your, your third or fourth child is uh, grown up. By the time they reach the age of 21, you could be easily 55 years old. So what happens in that gap between 27 and 55 while you're raising kids? Some people put their marriages on hold. They'll say things like, well, when the kids get to middle school, then we'll do this. When the kids get through high school, then we'll do this. When the kids get through college, then we'll do this. And it's a, it's a constant holding pattern. Well, we're not suggesting that. We're suggesting that, hey, you still invest in your marriage on a daily basis all throughout those years. Right, well, at marriage sensation where we met in person, one of our rules was that you had to go on dates. Yes. You had to go on dates and you had to come back and tell us about them. One, so that you could bring your marriage back to being a priority away from the children. And two, that you would uh, afford others to know different places that they could go to for a date. Because, you know, if you're dealing with your kids, you're not going on too many dates. And so you're not quite sure where to go. And it could be just a walk, you know, depending on the season. Just a walk in the park or a picnic lunch or something like that. But something just to keep the two of you together and active and, and knowing, keep knowing and growing with each other. So what we're suggesting so here important. is that you don't lose your identity during those years. Right. Uh, while your children are important, you still have a marriage, and that's a primary part of your identity. Right, the order at some point, excuse me, at some point, it's just going to be back to the two of you, yeah. the two of us, yeah. just us. And if we don't know each other, that's often when so many people break up because they don't really know each other anymore because well, we, they've just been prioritizing the children. We mentioned it. From 27 to probably in your mid-50s, you're raising your children. Right. And if they go on to college or they, you know, so they get jobs, so you, you, those are, that, that's a long stretch to not prioritize your marriage and to sort of lose your identity in that process. Okay. And so folks get, when the kids leave and you get to that quote-unquote empty nest stage, people look at each other and go, what's our life about? Right. Uh, you're now almost to retirement age, and you're thinking, I don't even know this person that I'm married to. Right. So we have a few suggestions for you. Uh, suggestion number one is there is an order to this thing, and uh, if situations are pretty normal, the order should be God first, spouse second, you marry your spouse, you leave and cleave to your husband and wife, and your children third. Okay, that's the order, okay? Because as Katie said, your children are eventually gonna move out. They're gonna uh, go different places, maybe different cities across the country. And so your marriage has to be intact through that time period. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as you kind of examine that priority, you look at, okay, we need to have some things that we got in place, we have in place for our own marriage. So here's our suggestion. Before the children leave the house, when they're 15, 16 years old, maybe a suggestion would be take some classes at the local community college. 
something that interests you. Right, invest in yourself and invest Personally, in each other. Yeah, right. you might want to develop. You started crafting and making cards and doing some things like that. Uh, that's how she got the name Crafty Katie, by the way. Okay, so she started making cards. So there's things you can do to invest in your own personal, invest in your marriage before the kids leave so that when they leave, you already right. have something right. in place right. to fall exactly. back on. And you're yeah. not looking around like, what are we going to do now? We have no kids. Mm -hmm. what, what's going to go on? No, you, you, we say put the investment there before your children leave the house. Start investing in your marriage, okay? And recognize that even when they get older, your kids still impact your life. Because uh, there's a lot of things, sometimes even the demands get larger. As they have children, you're faced with grandchildren and you're faced with, uh, you know, hey, uh, can you help me with a house payment? Can you help me uh, get it, or at least a down payment on my house? Uh, I'm, I'm, there's weddings to pay for. There's all kinds of things, big ticket items as your kids, as your kids age up. So we say, hey, with all that in place, you still have to invest in the primary thing, which is your relationship with the Lord and your relationship with each other. Yes. So yes, that's very important that you just keep in touch with each other. Just do little things together. Just sit and talk to each other. Just little things like that to keep that relationship intact. It's so important. Yeah, you're mentioning ways there to stay connected. Mm -hmm connected to each other, which is of great value uh, because, as we said, your children have a way of impacting your marriage, and it's a beautiful thing. It's great to have kids around. It's great. we got more food in our refrigerator now than we've ever had because guess what? Those girls are gone. They're out of the house because uh, not only would they have eat the food, but they would bring a bunch of people with them when they came home. There'd be three or four people. We once had a girl come to our house. And she said, Mr. and Mrs. Glenn, you guys don't have any milk. And I'm like, get out of my refrigerator. Get out of my refrigerator. I mean, what is a friend doing in my refrigerator looking to see how much milk we got? Because they're, they're going in there making sandwiches and doing things on their own. I'm like, hey, get out of there. So your kids attract other kids and, you know, and you might find yourself as this parent that sort of is the parent home and you got a lot of activity but you still have to cultivate that relationship with each other. It Absolutely. has to be there. It has to be strong and it has to be vital. We want thriving marriages and to have a thriving marriage, it means a constant investment, constantly investing in your marriage to see that it gr it's growing and, it's and you're nurturing it. Any thoughts from you as we sort of close this lesson out? Well, first of all, children are a blessing. Amen. But our marriages are a blessing as well. Yeah, and I think my closing thought is that the investment that we make in our marriages will pay huge dividends down the road, uh, and we'll see the joy, and our kids need to see the security and the joy of us having a strong marriage, right. and when you get to the years that we're at right now, the empty nest years, that it pays huge dividends then because now we have something that we can actually talk about, we can celebrate. And we can uh, have a plan to move forward uh, beyond where the, what the kids are doing and, and what's going on there. We'll always have an eye out for them because they're always your kids. Right. Amen? Amen. And you're always going to look out for them. You're always going to take care of them as long as you can live, as long as you're living. But the key phrase there is we've got to nurture this relationship and keep it alive. So 
we want to thank you for tuning in today. We hope you come back next week. And until then, we want your marriage to be sensational. sensational.